Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Oh, wait a second. No Malika. Okay, I'll guess I'll host this bad boy today. I'm the captain now. Got to preview all three game sixes tonight, and we will make our predictions for each of those games. And, of course, we got to recap the thriller between Golden State and Denver last night. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to NBA Today. I am your host, Richard Jefferson, in from Malika Andrews. We are joined by Ramona Shelburne in studio and Brian Windhorst hey. remotely. But, Brian, Ramona, what do you say we start with last night's Warriors Nuggets showdown? The Joker did his damnedest to try and keep his team in it. Let's roll the tape and see how that bad boy shook out. You got Steph Curry, you got the Warriors, you got so much goodness in this game. And this is Steph's first start since March 16th, and Steph got going early. How about that little English from Draymond and then the step back, Will Barton, you're my guy. But there is nothing any human being has ever been able to do against Steph in those moments. But look, they were, <laughs> they were battling. And even here, you know, in closeout games, when they get tight, things can get chippy. Draymond, Aaron Gordon getting a little action, getting a little feisty. There was nothing there. Just he could have stayed down and rested, but he got up. Yeah, Dray Draymond was, you know, he just set, set the, the tone. tone. Set the tone, big fella. That's what we like. And then here we jump to the third quarter. And what, look at this. Denver up by seven and Steph Curry. Did this that not even move? No, the net, net never moves. That's the problem. Ridiculous. Back-to-back -back threes by Steph Curry. Lee goes from seven down to one. But here, again, look at this. Denver is fighting. Boogie Cousins, who had himself a night, knocks down the three the end to the, in the third. Warriors struggling a little bit. But here, in the fourth, this is when things get interesting. You got Denver up by four after the Jokic little jumper. And then here, ball movement. Look at this. Look, Denver's moving. Everybody's scrambling, trying to figure Gary out. Payton. And it ends up in Gary Payton the second. Pop loves it. And then here, look at this. Again, movement. Steph doing it all. Inside, outside work. And he's going around every single person on that Denver Nuggets Did to try and get it done. 
He did the put them to sleep gesture? More. That was Draymond Green talking about Jokic. And look, Jokic is a special player. Yeah. It is tough that we haven't been able to see him with really his full roster yeah. for almost two years. But that might not stop him from winning a second MVP. But, Ramona, I want to start with yeah. you. What did you learn from the Warriors in this series, their first time in the postseason in three years? What did you learn from that? Well, we forget that they came in with a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And Steph Curry's health was one of them. I think we've answered that one. Mm -hmm. Steph looks good. He came back. They brought him off the bench. Jordan Poole became a star in those games. Denver counters by putting by putting a, a better defender on him, by putting Aaron Gordon on him, shut him down a little bit, gets into foul trouble last night. Who do they go to? Gary Payton Jr. Yes. They have some depth. And if you would have told me that the Warriors could have this kind of performance this early in the playoffs with Steph Curry coming off an injury, with Andre Iguodala going down in the middle of the series with a neck injury, with Draymond having to stop Jokic, Jokic the yeah. reigning MVP, I mean, that that is a great performance from the Warriors early in the playoffs. And I like what Steph said after the game. He said, you know, we haven't had to close teams out in a while. We forgot what it feels like. And they let them stay in it, but they got it. They got it done in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and we're going to bring in Brian Windhorst. You heard the comments that Draymond Green said about Jokic. What, what, what did you take from that conversation that he had with the reporters giving Jokic <laughs> all of those compliments? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, and this is the thing. You talk about experience, and that's what I've been seeing lacking in that Minnesota versus mm -hmm. uh, Memphis series. Both teams playing hard. Number one, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's my bad. You're, you're spicy today, and I dig it. That's the energy I want. But one, in ver one versus two in the offense, you've seen a ton of that. Just when you were kind of looking forward to, to that series, do you think experience is the, is the ultimate separator? Do you think that there's a talent uh, uh, on one side or the other that kind of takes the cake?
Yeah, I was... Okay, so I went yeah, and looked this up, Brian. Okay, I, that's I a, knew you were going to go really, there. Really quickly, that's a bold statement it because is. he just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the MVP and maybe the back-to-back -back MVP that plays a similar position, more skilled, more talent. Ramona? Yeah, okay, so Towns is an incredible shooter. He has so much. I mean, five years ago, you would have said Carl Towns is the guy you want to start a franchise with, okay, in this league. He hasn't built off of that, okay? When Carl Towns won Rookie of the Year, he, was a, he, he finished first. Jokic finished third that year. Yeah. Things have changed. They have swapped positions in this league. Uh, Brian, I went and looked it up. Draymond Green, last five seasons defending Nikola Jokic, 13 of 30 against him. I mean, not the okay. Draymond Green defending Carl Towns, 13 of 30 the last five years. He's done a pretty good job on him now. Towns' game, though, you're right, it does stretch the floor out. It, it'll force Draymond away from the basket. But th when the Warriors play small, then it's just a matter of can Draymond deal with this with the height disadvantage there. And I think he's done that. And throughout his career, he's done that. Maybe it takes Kevon Looney away a little bit, but it, it, it spreads him out a little bit. I, I feel almost like if they get Memphis, it reminds me a bit of when you know this young team is coming. This is going to be the team in the NBA for the next several years. Reminds me a bit of when the Lakers played against the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2010 when the Thunder had Harden, Westbrook, Durant, and you knew that team was coming, but the Lakers had one more gasp in them before, before the Thunder was going to take over. Um, that's what that series would feel like in the second round here. Yeah, and, and look, one thing that we will agree on is when I look at both Memphis and, and Minnesota, you saw Steven Adams has been taken out of this series. Yep. And if Steven Adams is going to be taken out of the series, and he was so important to everything that they did during the regular season, if he's going to be taken out in that series, I don't see how how he gets to play against the Golden State Warriors, even uh, even with Draymond. Because if you do a drop with Draymond, yeah. that means Draymond right. is just doing passes. And then you go Jaron Jackson Jr. And Jaron Jackson Jr., he's been in foul trouble. He yeah. hasn't had the impact that you thought he was going to have. Yeah, right. well, yeah he, he's been trying yeah. to do tons of foul trouble. I think Draymond would do a little bit better job uh, of that. But on that Minnesota side, they just they have all of the tools. They have played better basketball in this series for longer than yep. the Grizzlies have. But the Grizzlies are up three two. If they would have won that game three and you know where they had a 21 point they lead, two games yeah, they, they have won two already. games they should have won. This series could potentially be over. So I think it's going to be really, really tight quickly. Ramona, mm -hmm. if you were the Golden State Warriors, Who which would team want? would you want to play? I'll go with Minnesota just because I think they have the experience. But I, I, I have a lot of respect for Memphis. I just think they're so deep. They're built a lot of ways like the Warriors were built at the beginning of their dynasty. Just long, athletic, young players who can switch everything. So I, I'd probably rather play the, the, the Timberwolves, but that's – you know, there's there's seven and ten against the Timberwolves the last five years. So they ha the Timberwolves have taken some games off, and then you just remember the last five years, Minnesota wasn't good. So the fact they have seven wins against them is something. Well. Neither were the Golden State Warriors the last two years. In all honesty, they weren't very good. But True. And then you forget about the Wiggins. You got Wiggins. You got D'Angelo Russell. So that actually adds a little bit of element. But, God, how great would it be to see John Morant, Steph Curry, Desmond Bain, Clay Thompson, Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, if he could get there and he can rally this team for two, like, for, for two more wins and then what, what D'Angelo Russell. So either way, the Golden State Warriors are an amazing spot. They get to sit 
and wait. And I'll tell you this from experience. The only thing that they're waiting on is they want a game seven. They want this series to yeah. go as long as they possibly can. They want these guys to beat themselves up. They want guys to be exhausted mentally physically and emotionally because that's where you get the advantage when you're rested when you're ready to go when you're ready to fight that's when you get the the advantage but still to come what a series we've got in round two in just a little bit we preview the Celtics versus Bucks and get your popcorn ready and the pressure is on for the Sixers tonight in Toronto even though they're up in the series why all eyes will be on Harden and Doc Plus, Game 6 of Suns-Pelicans is just, in, is just here in just a matter of hours. Our predictions and picks in just a little bit. Keep it locked on. NBA Today rolls on. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Oh, Giannis and the Bucks, they move on, advancing to the second round to play the Boston Celtics. But first, let's put a little bit of a bow on this Bucks Bulls series through the first, right? So, Brian, what I want to know is this. What was your takeaway from that series? Both teams had big injuries that happened over the course of the series, but the Bulls and their future, and what do you see from the Bucks moving forward? Yep. Ramona? You know, we, we talked in the beginning of the year about how quickly they gelled and how surprised that we were to have so many new players gel together so quickly. We saw that for about two months, and then we didn't see it again because of injuries. And so I'm curious to see how they come back next year if they bring back a largely similar cast and if they can stay healthy because it's usually year two when you have a new group together like that where they take a step forward yeah no so they gelled quickly and it was it was actually beautiful to watch like I remember at one point in time yeah. they were the number one seed people are like can the Bulls win a championship Bulls or Wizards they, yeah, remember they, when they were there too? Oh, no that was like we, we don't count the first 10 games sorry <laughs> Wizards fans but you know eventually we'll address that but when I look at the Bulls 
I see a lot of talent, but I also see a lot of areas that you need mm -hmm. to address. Like DeMar DeRozan, as much as this was a surprise year, bringing him back to one of the best players in the league, how many more years is he going to be that guy? How many more years can they count on him to give, you know, 35, 7, 8, 9 games in a row? Like, those are things that you have to start you're in a good spot now because you've built for your future, but now you have to start progressing and looking onto your uh, onto the future. So let's move to the who the Bucks will be playing. The Celtics, according to Caesar Sportsbook, Boston opens up as the favorite to win the series. And here's the Bucks and the Celtics talking about this matchup. Check it out. times that you get the defending champions in the postseason going against the team that had played the best since January 1. Yep. And the Celtics defense has been outstanding. And look, the Bucks, that's nothing to scoff at what they're doing. Ramona, I want to start with you. Who has the advantage in this? Maybe the probably the best second round yeah. matchup in all the league. I mean, it's the Celtics because the Bucks don't have Chris Middleton. And this is where that really shows up because Boston's defense is going to put so much pressure on Milwaukee to score. And you, that's where a guy like Middleton is, would really help them. And, and I don't know, Brian, you, you'd probably be a little closer on this one than I am. But it, I don't think you can rush back from an MCL injury. This isn't something you can just gut through. This is something that can go worse. So it's if he's able to give them anything in this series that would help. But to me, it's got to be the Celtics. And it, quite frankly, I would have picked the Bucks in this series if they were healthy. But I would it I think it's got to be Boston anyway because of how well they've been playing throughout since January 1st, you said, and in the last round. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> Thank you, God. I was like, Yeah. Mm hmm. You know, Boston's done a good job in the games they've played against Giannis. Last couple of games, he's averaged 25, 10, and 5. So that's under his season <laughs> averages. It's still good. Wait, but they, the, now they can key on him even more. But there was, Brian, did you see where Giannis went on TV and said, I don't watch them. I don't watch the other games because I'll be watching with my kids and it makes me too nervous and the tension's too high. 
Have you ever heard a player say, like, I don't watch my future yeah, opponents? Yeah, there's some guys that, like, if you, you – because if you're if you're paying attention to your future opponent, yeah. you're not focused on what your job is right now. So I, I've seen guys that, that kind of take both routes, right? Well, they'll watch all the other games, yeah. but not who their potential, you know, opponent would be in the next round. I will say this. I think the Bucks, it, it, to your point, would be favored if they had Chris Middleton, but not by much, by just a mm -hmm. little bit. The biggest issue for me now is when you watch it, how great the Boston Celtic defense is, how they're able to not only pack the paint, but also get out to shooters. They're going to need the same type of performance from, from, from Grayson Allen. They're going to need the same type of performance from all of their shooters. That is the only way to open up things for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And what's even crazier is you look at the way you got Robert Williams back. You got Al Horford that had played outstanding in that Brooklyn series. Yep. So if those two guys play just solid defense and they hold Giannis to 25, 10, and 5, then ultimately I think the Boston Celtics win. If they can shoot the ball well, if the, if the Milwaukee Bucks can shoot the ball extremely well, then that will open up the floor a little bit, allow for Giannis to get out. But that... I'm not saying I don't want to count on those guys, but that's a little bit of extra work for some guys that haven't been put in that role. But, Ramona, I want to ask you about Chris Middleton's mm -hmm. kind of nursing that injury. Can the Bucks really overcome not having their second-best score and really multi-time all-star? So, so important to everything that they do. He really turned out to be their closer uh, late in games this past few years. I mean, they can overcome it because they're defending champs. And when the Bucks are at their best, they're moving the ball and they're hitting shots. They're hitting. They're creating a lot of space for Giannis. I think they also need to get out in transition. Um, when you don't have one of your best half-court scores, you need to get you pick up the pace. And so this is going to be, as you said, it's going to be on those Grayson Allens and Pat Connaughton. Those guys need to hit shots because Giannis, when he drives in there, there's going to be a, a forest of trees in there. Tice is going to be in there. Robert Williams is going to be in there. I mean, the, the, there's not going to be a clear path for him. And it's uh, when you don't have shooting, it makes it even harder on him. Brian? Brian's bringing it. Ooh. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. And Giannis is the best player in the world. No player affects the game on the offensive end and the defensive end as much as Giannis Antetokounmpo. But still to come, if Toronto can somehow get the game six win tonight, imagine the pressure on Doc and Harden. That's discussed shortly. I don't want and to imagine that. No one wants to imagine I don't want that. that pressure. And Brian has a report for us on what the Nets are thinking long term when it comes to Kyrie Irving. Don't miss that. And we'll make our picks for tonight's Monster Game Six between Phoenix and New Orleans. Can CP3 kind of will his team to victory? NBA Today rolls on.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And take a look at the difference between the last two games for the 76ers. Oh. They're scoring 20 fewer points than they did in the first three games of the series and are shooting just 40% from the field in those two losses. We are, we are now joined by our Tim Bond. Tim's covering tonight's huge 76ers-Raptors matchup in Game 6. Tim, we know Joel is dealing with a thumb ailment. You know, there's not a lot of details coming out. But how is he managing that pain, especially given everything that's at stake? No, I agree. And now let's flip the script to the other side of the ball. In the six, the Raptors, they're likely without Fred Van Fleet tonight. He's listed as doubtful with a left hip flexor strain. How has his absence really kind of impacted this series?
Yeah, thank you so much, Tim. That, that's great stuff there. It's funny, though, that we talk about James Harden and they're like, oh, well, there's so many guys that are 6'6 six, six and above talking about, oh, there's no one for him to run over. There was a time not very long ago where it didn't matter who yeah. or what size the person that was in front of James Harden. He was the leading scorer in the league. He was an MVP candidate every year. And now we're talking about there's no advantage for him on the other side. We heard from Doc yesterday going on a little bit of a defensive you know, rant, kind of projecting confidence going into tonight's game six. So, Ramon, starting with you how much pressure is on Philly tonight not just Doc but James Harden as well I, I think it's all on James Harden because this mm. is this is the guy they went out and traded for at the deadline to get them past this point in the playoffs I mean, they haven't been out of the second round during this during this run this is the first round here so you go backwards that is that that's that's not going in the right direction as a franchise and this series was a matchup nightmare a lot of people pick this Philly in seven, Raptors in seven, because of the matchups that Tim was talking about in his, in his hit there. James Harden was supposed to be the guy who gets, who equalizes things here. When they throw two or three defenders at Joel Embiid, which is what they do, that's what Toronto has done to him the last five years, throw two or three defenders. Joel's counter is to go early or to get a deeper post position, but it's also to pass the ball out to shooters and playmakers around him. In the first three games, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris delivered. James Harden was there, but he didn't deliver in that way. In this, the games they've lost, Maxey and Harris haven't delivered, and neither has James Harden. Now is the time. It's James Harden's time to shine. This is what they got him for. Brian, really, Brian, really quickly, I want to give, I want to give some. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm crazy, so I, I would like the challenge. And, and look, to your point, I'm going to go over some of James Harden's notable elimination games. You know, he's got Houston versus Golden State, 14 points, 2 for 11, 12 turnovers. Then in 2017, Western Conference semifinals, game six, Houston versus San Antonio. He has 10 points, 2 for 11, 2 for 9 from 3. And then uh, first round, game seven, Houston versus OKC, 17 points, 4 for 15, 1 for 9 from 3. So when you start to look at the history and you combine that of Doc and even Doc kind of was like hey not all of these you know conversations should be pointed directly at me but James Harden as the best player on a ton of teams he hasn't always finished extremely let's say intensely and, and so that's been the conversation here in Philly Ramona my yeah. question to you is this would you have any confidence if you were a Philadelphia 76ers fan, not only just in finishing this series, but also that potential championship that has been talked about since the trade of Harden? I mean, look, they haven't been great at home. They couldn't finish out that game five at home. But I think this all comes down to James Harden is playing for an extension that could pay him over $250 million. If he, this is what, I mean, you made that trade. You're doing it with the idea that you're pro you should be extending him, giving him a super max that takes him all the way to his age 37 season. Have you seen enough in the year that you've had him, in the couple months that you've had him, to say, 
I want to be paying him 60-something million dollars at age 37? No, no. I mean, I, and and, and I, it, it is setting up for a wild summer if they go out in this round in this kind of a, a, a fashion. They go out in the next round, still not great. It's what you trade. You traded to get James Harden so you could get past the second round. So you could get, so you could break through as a franchise. And so this is setting up to where the pressure builds. And as Brian said, how do you feel confidence right now when everything starts building and the pressure starts building? Now, if I'm Doc, I don't know why he brings up the record yesterday. People aren't talking about that yet. Yeah, don't no. Don't make it about yeah. you. Project yeah, confidence. But I understand he was, he did make some good points in that. But Okay, now I know you guys it. are the reporters, so you guys have all the inside information. But I just don't see a way that Daryl Morey doesn't give James Harden what he's asking for. I feel like these conversations were had well before that trade. But still ahead, one of the NBA's all-time greatest defensive big men, Dikembe Jean-Jacques Mutombo, oh. has his eyes set on bigger things these days. That story next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Play a little more if you were in studio. Mark, what up? Look at Why, my guy? If he was in studio, it would be even more. Wait, Giannis is originally Nigerian, right? They were, okay. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow night, we'll have game six of the Western Conference first round matchup between the Grizzlies and Timberwolves with Memphis up three games to two. Our coverage begins at nine Eastern, eight Central on ESPN and the app. 
Now, Dikembe Mutombo is known as basketball's greatest African ambassador through his work on and off the court. After a Hall of Fame career in the NBA and continuous support of African communities, the Congo native has fully committed to furthering the search for the next generation of talent in his home continent. Anscape's Mark Spears tells us about Mutombo's recent return to Africa, promoting the Basketball Africa League, the NBA's latest initiative in the continent. And we are joined with Marcus Spears. That's beautiful. But I want to talk really quickly about Giannis Antetokounmpo. I understand that he's from Greece, but his parents are of Nigerian descent. What has Dikembe Mutombo meant to him?
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Those are great words of wisdom. Thank you, Mark Spears. And still to come, Brian Windhorst has a report on the future of Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Find out what he's got to say in just a bit when NBA Today returns. It's the series that no one thought would go six games. The Pelicans are young. They're hungry and giving the Suns all they can handle. Ramona, what are you watching for tonight in the New Orleans game? But before we get to you, I want to know what Brian has seen from Chris Paul, mainly because there's a lot of pressure on him with no Devin Booker for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm watching Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans. He, to me, he's been one of the breakout stars of these playoffs. And this is the kind of game where you go from being a good young player to a breakout star. This is the kind of game Devin Booker had last year when the Suns went on their run. And, and, this game at home facing elimination. There's really not a lot of pressure on the Pelicans. They're playing with house money at this point. This is the game Brandon Ingram steps up. We were so close to going this entire show without mentioning Kendrick Perkins, but Kendrick Perkins has said Brandon Ingram is the best player yeah. in this series. Mm. If you are the best player in this series, then you have to play like it, especially in moments like this. But it is time for our Kyrie Irving portion of the show. Brian, you have a piece on not the done with them. We're, yet. we're not done with them. You have a piece on the Nets on ESPN.com right now. They have a huge decision to make. Kyrie is eligible for a huge extension. How are the Nets approaching this?
Oh. Well, look, they, I, they've been doing a lot of postmortems already in Brooklyn, right? There's a lot of organizational conversations and meetings about what went wrong, why they ended up where they ended up this year, and what they need to do going forward. And I'll tell you, the people I've spoken to in Brooklyn have a pretty resounding message of we need to get back to the Brooklyn Nets culture. We need to get back to this, this blue collar. We're from Brooklyn. This is how they built that team in the first place. We can't have drama. There can be no drama like there was this year. There can be no uh, situations like they got themselves into, really the last two years, but this year especially. And they want to reset the culture. Easier said than done, Brian. <laughs> Easier yeah. said than done. How do you do that? That is an organizational decision of this is what we want to do but how they actually enact that going forward is going to be fascinating to watch well it, it, the the crazy thing about it is that that is what built this organization yeah. from the ground up when sean marks came in it was all about culture we got spencer dimwitty right. jared allen uh d'angelo russell they were given to harris. him joe harris all of these guys they started building they started creating a culture and you do that to bring in the stars and they got the stars lamarcus aldridge blake griffin uh kevin durant kyrie irving all of them wanted to come because they saw a culture i feel like the culture has started to change a little bit some of it's because of the players some of it's because of the coaching change there's i think everyone gets a piece of that blame pie but when we return in 60 seconds we will preview tonight's game six between utah and dallas and we will make our picks when we return stay tuned our action-packed April rolls on tonight with the first round of the NFL Draft beginning at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Tomorrow night, the NBA playoffs continue, and Saturday night, our next UFC Fight Night main card starts at 7 Eastern on ESPN. And then it's the highly anticipated junior lightweight unification bout between Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson. Both are undefeated. A little bit of everything for you this month. A huge game six tonight in Utah as the Mavs take on the Jazz. Luka will be looking to get out of the first round for the first time in his career. But Ramona, what do the Jazz need to do to extend this series or is it a wrap? They got to start playing defense and they got to play perimeter defense especially. I know Donovan Mitchell has some injured quads right now. They will test him. The Mavs are going to continue to test that perimeter defense. Whatever Donovan has left, he's got to bring it tonight. Brian, uh, there's a report coming out of Utah. Yeah, yeah. T tell us about that, Brian. Yeah, tell us about the injury yeah. update. <laughs> We're, like, like a bee. Like, what? you have your own beehive. Like, uh, I don't. I'm okay with that. Look, we got to save the bees. I'm all about that operation. But <laughs> you can't let the bees be knocking you, knocking you down. But we got I a lot of good games. Injuries in my day. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, NBA Today. You know We're what? Antibacterial properties. Bacteria. Yeah, what, is, yeah. what does that even mean? It's uh, the propolis. It's good. You the, know, propolis? Here, the propolis. The propolis is, the is what we're talking.